0: Happy birthday, fourth few. Happy twenty-five. <laughs> now, I probably feel like I should um, address the elephant in the room—at least one of them. Uh, any of you, any of you, find it like me a little strangely ironic that on a in a series called All Things New, you are being confronted by old, old guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, and. The whitest of them all is now up here. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't... Old. No. Um, of course, we know that that's because uh, this day and these stories aren't about force view. They are about the God who has been proven to be good over and over again for these 25 years. And so we take time to think back, not on force use 25 years, but on the profound activity of God amongst our midst, and we are, for that, very, very grateful. Um, We've heard, even in the stories already, that um, the ways that God has been grateful and uh, been manifest to us, we heard from Kevin Emily around the the role of generosity and, and the call to live life beyond our borders. We heard from Paul and Elizabeth about the need to demonstrate selfless compassion and look for Christ in the marginal marginalized. We heard from Bruce and Pam about the need to enjoy soul to soul friendship as we move through this life and um, and those were all great markers along the path of force view, but probably if there was. One dominant metaphor that has grounded us it would be church without walls right that 's been the one thing that that has kind of stayed with us for these twenty five years in a really foundational sense. Church without walls. Well, it started off kind of as this, this little pithy saying, right because If you're around back then, we didn't have a building like this. We met in a school. We brought everything in on carts and tiles and all the rest of that stuff, and and voila, church emerged in a concourse area. We had no walls. We left, and there was no building. But what became a pithy and maybe provocative statement became for us a really profound truth that it's taken us 25 years to just scratch the surface on. And so... uh, That really has been what this church has tried to be about for 25 years. We do this because, of course, God is the great wall breaker. (laughs) And we want to be imitators of God as dear children. Ephesians says that God in Christ has broken down the wall of hostility (laughs) between us and each other, between us and them, broken. Matthew talks about... Upon Jesus' death, the veil of the temple being torn from top to bottom so that even the most holy of places were now accessible to all. No no walls between us and each other. No walls between us and them. No walls between us and God. Reconciliation and peacemaking. These were the hallmarks of God, right? And we wanted that to be at our core, a church without walls. Now, if you've been around the church scene at all, you know that this isn't typically our MO. (laughs) This isn't typically how we're known, right? Uh, We're actually pretty good at building up all sorts of walls. Walls that describe who's in and who's out. Out. In fact, it's often this sort of bounded set is kind of the way it's imagined, right? And what are those walls? Well, sometimes they're formal things like membership. This is who's in, this is who's out. Other times it's a little more subtle, right? It's about how you dress. It's about what side of the track you come from. It's about uh, what you believe, how you behave. How you dress, have I said that one already? <laughs> Those subtle sort of things, right? Right? You, you walk into place and you just know, oh, I'm, an, I'm a them, not an us. Right? Uh, so we want to pursue a little different model of church. We wanted, instead of a bounded set, we were intrigued by this idea of a centered set. No boundaries, not even a big tent, which is an interesting metaphor we've been playing around with, not even a big tent, no boundaries, simply a center. And that center is Jesus, Jesus and the reign of God that we want to see infuse our life. That was our prayer, that we could be a church without walls and simply one center. The center was Jesus. Now, you might notice some of us are closer to the center. Some of us are farther away. Some are turning our backs to the center and walking away. Some are turning, might be a long ways off, but they're turning towards and walking towards, right? Right? And at various times, we each have played all of those actors and continue to. That's the reason where you are in this is not important. We are simply people who are desiring the center, Jesus. My dad is a farmer. Well, I guess technically was a farmer, but I think always is a farmer. And one of the things I remember as a kid was the notion of, well, we always had to mend the fences and tend the fences because we had cattle and we didn't want the cattle getting out, right? And so we would have to, when it was our turn to do the, the chores and check the, check the fence, check the, feed the cattle and count the cattle and make sure they were all there. But the other thing we had to do was walk around the perimeter and check those walls. It was painful, particularly because we also had to check the electric fence <laughs> and make sure that was working. <laughs> well, they tell me that in Australia, there's a different model. And that model is, because, because in the outback, there's just vast amounts of territory, you can't build walls. You can't build fences, it's just not practical. If you want to keep your flock, what do you do? You dig a well. Well, that's the metaphor that we wanted to see at for. We want to be well diggers, not fence builders. We want to be people who found water and are lapping it up and are inviting others to find water and enjoy this water. We dig wells because we are absolutely sure that underneath us is this raging torrent of everlasting water, right? This sea that invites us to bathe and wash, immerse ourselves in. That's, that's what we want church to be. Not a church of fences, not a church of walls, a church of wells. We are simply people who are thirsty and have found a well, and it's good. And we want you, all of you, I don't care where you're from, all of you as fellow thirsty people to come nestle up to this well. In the process along these 25 years, we've stumbled upon three kind of big truths, at least three, probably more, I hope more. But let's say three. We only have a short time. Actually, we have no time. (laughs) But we're still going to tell you three three truths. First truth, number one. This is a big one. Knowing Christ is all that matters. In a center-bound church, Knowing Christ is all that matters. Everything else is commentary. Paul puts it this way. He says, I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and in participation within sufferings, continually shaped by his death. Everything else pales in comparison to knowing Christ. That is the essential thing that we have to remember. Everything else becomes walls and fences. Now, does that mean that we can't have disagreements? Does that mean we're all just simply avoiding all those other things? Absolutely not. You know? Knowing Christ is this, because it's this rich, rich stream that we just dig down small wells in, into, that means there's going to be so much for us to explore that we absolutely have to have these talks and conversations and enjoy each other's but if we think those conversations are a substitute for the center they're not number 1 knowing Christ is all all that matters but along that journey comes number 2 we need traveling companions You heard Bruce and Pam talk about that. Life is hard. Overcoming our addictions of living in this suburban world is hard. If you think you can do it alone, you're just fooling yourself. So what we did was we formed Covenant Communities. This is interesting because within this centered set, we had small bound sets, not bound by some sort of a, an outside arbitrary rule or fence. It was self-imposed. We are going to bind ourselves together in covenant to learn more about this Jesus, to learn more about the reign of God, and to hold ourselves to becoming Disciples of Jesus. Number one, knowing Christ is all that matters. Number two, we need traveling companions. And number three, here's the one that continues to get us. The presence of Christ is surprising. In fact, boundless. Hmm. It's easy to think in a fixed set image or sort of a bounded set image, or let me try that again, whoop, strike. It's easy to think in a centered set image that that center is a fixed center. There it is. But the wild and crazy and wonderful part of this whole thing is that that center is not fixed. In fact, as the Romans found out 2,000 years ago, it's really hard to nail down Christ, Right? He just keeps on showing up in places you never expected, right? You never expected. It's not that all of a sudden you think, oh, we figured it out. There's the center. We're going to move towards it. No, it pops up over here and over there in the strangest places. That's the exciting part. This is not a fixed center. This is a dynamic Christ, a spirit-filled Christ that moves throughout this world. And that's what we heard from Paul and Elizabeth as they were talking about the places where you would see and stumble upon the presence of Christ in places you would not expect. The marginalized, the poor, the people who seemed a long way off. And yet when I got there, I realized that, my goodness, there's something they can bring that helps me to know Christ better. Christ was present in unexpected places, and in fact, as Colossians said, in all things. I think we're still learning that one. So much to learn. 25 years hasn't even started it. But there you have it. Three big, without-wall truths. Knowing Christ is all that matters. We need traveling companions. And along this path, we find out continually the presence of Christ is boundless. It's pretty exciting stuff. If we had two hours, if you're thankful we don't, I'd love to have turned this over for you to talk about your own God sightings, the ways that God has surprised you throughout these 25 years. We don't have time for that, but my encouragement would be as we celebrate cake. Cole, I hear we have cake. Yeah. <laughs> All right, good. As you celebrate cake, why not share some of the surprising ways that God has shown up in this context, surprised you with his boundless presence, his dynamism that continues to make all things new, even old white haired guys. Hey, I'd like to close by reading you my letter to a future force view. Dear Church of View, 25 years ago, you stumbled across the notion of being a church without walls. You probably didn't know how rich and profound this idea could become or how challenging it would be to live up to, but you chose it anyways as the foundational prayer to govern this church. You created a place that was warm and informal because you didn't want churchiness to be a barrier for people who are interested in God, but not so interested in religion. You wanted a safe place where anyone could come just as they were. You didn't have membership because that would create us and them, and you knew that in God's sight there was no such distinction. We were all just people wanting to know God better, sometimes facing towards God, and sometimes turning away. That was just the truth of it all. And you prized truth. You prized honesty and authenticity because you knew at your core that God delighted in you, not because of what you did, but because of who God is. Yes, you were discovering grace, truth and grace. And you were trying to put it into practice. It meant that you saw everyone as equals. As people created in the image of God. No walls between us. No distinction between clergy and laity. No spectators and performers. We were all co-participants in the worship and mission of God. All this because God, through Christ, had already broken down the walls of hostility. The only walls left were the ones we created. So you wanted to break them down, and that was a good dream for us for you. Because to build walls is to ignore both truth and grace. The truth of who we are and the grace of who God is. When we ignore grace, well, divisions begin to form. We jockey for our position, we strive for acceptance, we push our agendas, we compare ourselves endlessly. And whether we mean to or not, spiritual pride becomes our calling card. It excludes others and creates tears of spirituality, it labels and protects, it mistrusts the motives of others, fosters suspicion and creates resentment. And very soon, fear, the arch enemy of our salvation, starts to take root. Fear that they will contaminate the good. Fear that they are not good enough, not pure enough, not faithful enough. And if we're honest an even deeper, deeper fear, fear that we're not good enough either. Yes, walls keep us from grace, and without grace, the truth of God's unconditional love is hidden by fear, and walls multiply. But living without walls is a beautiful thing. It's a great prayer to guide your life together and a wonderful portal into the heart of God, the great wall breaker himself. So Forest View, keep on going. Keep on tearing down walls. Practice grace. Reject fear. Embrace love. Be imitators of God. And trust that Christ is over all, in all, and through all. If you do this, your next 25 years will far outstrip these past 25 and will make you truly a gift of grace and a true light to Halton and the world, a sign, symbol, and foretaste of the kingdom. To God be the glory. Amen. Let let me pray. God, this applause is for you. You have been the one who has kept our souls. You've been the one who has shown us what it is like to be a God of peace and reconciliation and fundamentally love. We come to this table now, this beautiful, beautiful table, hospitality at its greatest, set for us, sinners saved by grace, found by you, And we give you deep thanks. Thank you for this body broken. Your son broken open for us. Thank you for this juice. Poured out. A life poured out for us. That is who you are God. You are poured out for us. Emptied for us. God we want to be imitators of you. So as we take these emblems into our body. We pray that you would begin your work again. Spirit of the living God, fall upon us. Quench our thirst with your living water. Transform us into the people you created us to be. For your sake, for the sake of the gospel, and for the sake of a world dying of thirst, we pray. Amen.